Our second reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Listen now for the word of the Lord. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up from Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew, Bethsaida, which has five porticos. In these lay many ill, blind, lame, and paralyzed people. One man who was there had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The ill man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once, the man was made well. He took up his mat and began to walk. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, a number of years ago, I scheduled a visit with a dietitian. It was after a few years of eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and ending every single day with a hearty bowl of ice cream. And that works for a season, but as you may have heard, the metabolism slows as you go along. And I was noticing this in a host of ways, not just weight, but, but also some other health things starting to creep up. And, and then I was taking a fresh look around at, at my own immediate family, aunts, uncles, my mom, my grandparents, all with diabetes. So I'm with this dietitian, I'm walking through my, my eating habits, and, and she looks up, and she takes a breath, and she says, on a scale of one to ten, how committed are you to changing your eating habits? And I confess the most immediate thing that came to mind is, I have chosen to put myself into the health food office with the expert. I'm here, I'm paying, how committed am I? Do you want to be made well? What a strange question, Jesus asked this man who's been ill for 38 years and has placed himself in the space where healing happens. A little background. These pools at Bethsaida where Jesus has come, where this man is sitting beside. It was said that an angel would come from time to time and stir the waters and, and, and those waters would bubble with healing powers. And the first one into the waters when they were bubbling, that person would be healed. Inevitably, the blind, the lame, the, the, the ill, the paralyzed, they were at these waters day in and day out, including this man ill for 38 years. And in Jesus' time, to be ill was, was not only to have the physical ailment, but to be a social outcast. It was assumed that, that, that you or your family or both had sinned, had, had done something to find disfavor with God or, or the gods. And, and so you, you not only dealt with your ailment, but, but, but the shame 
the fact that you, you were a sinner, you were a social pariah. And so, yes, getting to where the healing waters were, was said to stir, that's a big deal. And surely we're not so different today. I mean, we'll show up to a doctor's office or physical therapist or counselor, maybe some fabled places where the waters heal. Uh, we'll show up to, to conferences so that our organizations, our, 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 our churches, our lives might be transformed into a, a new healing, a new way of being. We'll listen into motivational talks online. We'll, we'll listen to certain kind of podcasts. We'll, maybe we'll attend a recovery group. Maybe we'll attend church. Maybe we'll attend a political rally. I mean, anywhere, really, that can address any of the number of maladies that we carry. We will show up if rumor has it, healing waters might stir something new. And yet showing up does not guarantee that we actually want the healing. How committed are you? Scale of 1 to 10. And instead of replying with the, the obvious answer, I thought for a moment, and then I replied, 6 out of 10. A little above average. I was trying to be honest that I was worried. I was worried about how entrenched my habits might be. I was worried that even if I had plenty of good reasons to make some changes, I, you know, I'd been going in one direction and one rhythm for, for, for a long enough time that, that maybe consciously or unconsciously there was a part of me that just preferred the familiarity of the current way of doing things. Do you want to be made well? The ill man answers Jesus, Sir, I have no one to, to put me in the pool when the water gets stirred up. And, and the, the, the times in the past I've tried to get to the pool when it starts to happen, someone always cuts in front of me and gets there first. He doesn't answer Jesus' question directly. Do you want to be healed? He starts giving reasons why it just doesn't work, it can't work, it never works. There's kind of a resigned cynicism after 38 years. And also, also probably some fear. You know that word well, do you want to be made well? In Greek it is the word hygies, where we get our word hygiene. It refers to physical health, but it's broader than that. It implies a, a sense of being whole and right with the world in all facets of life. Do you want to be healed in a way that, that not only your physical ailment is healed, but then your social dynamics change? Do you want to be healed in such a way that, that the way you interact with the world, the way people see you and the way people know you, the expectations of what you can and, 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 and would be able to do with an able body, all of it changes do you want to be healed unto a newness in all facets of life after being used to one way for 38 years? Do you want to be healed? And maybe the thing is this. The man loves, 
lying on his mat and, and watching the waters get stirred over there. Maybe he even appreciates being proximate to some of those healings. But maybe he's terrified of those stirred waters actually pouring over him and stirring all the accompanying life-altering things in his current way on the road of healing. I mean, is it possible, I wonder, if we ever do hope for healing? Yes, (laughs) I want healing. We want healing. The church wants healing. Our nation wants healing. The world wants healing. But when it comes right down to it, we've been laying on certain mats for so long that it's just more familiar to stick with the ailment we do know than the healing we don't know. Is it possible? Perhaps some of us have made our mats on a broken relationship. Yes, yes, we wanted healing a long time, but you know, it's gone on long enough that oddly enough, we, we prefer the known distance and dysfunction to the unknown path of risking fresh honesty and forgiveness. Perhaps some of us have made our mats on cynicism. Yes, we'd love not to have that reaction every time, but there's just too many reasons why trying something again, trying something new, something different, it just won't work. Not in our lives. Not in this city. You know how it goes. Not in these schools. You know the dynamics. Not in this country. You know how it is. Even when we catch a break, someone else always runs right in front of us and gets there first. And so maybe, maybe we do prefer making our mats on cynicism, remaining safe from failure, even as it eats away at our soul, preferring that to the unknown of risking hope. Perhaps some of us have made our mat on the way we've done church for years, or perhaps decades. Yes, yes, yes. We want, we want healing and transformation that we might better love and, and, and know one another and, and have a new level of vulnerability and openness and trust with one another across all kinds of, of ages and stages and, 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 and divisions that we see in society, but not here. We want more of that here. And, 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 and yes, we, we want to better engage and serve the emerging generations that we see less and less of as part of the church. And yes, we want to we engage and serve a wider and deeper diversity of our neighbors who are all around but but maybe we prefer laying on known mats than risking every sacred routine before those unpredictable waters perhaps some of us have made our bed in guilt and shame i mean we've wanted healing we've shown up at church we've gone to counseling but but we know our past and we know what we've done. We know what's been done to us. And maybe we've, we've just gotten so used to the guilt or the shame that they're, they're kind of at this point central to how we navigate the world and how we protect our heart and how we hold back in the sense that we just don't deserve. 
in, in, in an odd way, we prefer the known of the shame we've gotten used to than risking the fount of grace. What are the familiar mats on which we have made our beds? Is it possible even that we draw near this morning to living water himself, but we're not so sure we'd actually want our lives bathed in something that could change so much? Is it possible we just get used to some of the ailments, the prison, the shame, the fear, the brokenness? The dietician's final directive to me in that first meeting about changing my eating habits was this. Go home, clear your pantry and fridge of all the stuff that is doing your body no good. And we had made a list. Can't I just keep them? I offered, but avoid them. It just feels really wasteful. And she looks at me with a line I'm sure she's said so many times. Look, it goes to waste or it goes to your waist. <laughs> Plus, doing the physical activity will help you feel the change you are walking toward. It is going to help you mark the change. Jesus said to the man, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus here does not simply say, you're healed, but, but stand up. Take up that mat and walk. Take a very tangible, real step in the direction of healing. One where you've got to pick up the mat you've been laying on all these years. One where you've got to throw away the pantry of junk that's been nourishing you all these years. One, one where, you, where you, you, you cut off the, the hours upon hours of, of, of cable news or, or social media that, that, that are feeding far more fear and anxiety than, than, than actual nourishment. One, maybe where you text your, your spouse or significant other or friend or, 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 or whomever, there's been this ongoing thing, distance, strife, and just say, I want to have a heart-to-heart, -heart, making it clear that, that you're not lying back on the old familiar mat, but you're risking a new rising, a possible healing. Stand up. Take up the mat you've been used to laying on and walk. Where does Jesus direct his voice in our lives? Where does Jesus call forth new movement away from a familiar illness and towards an unfamiliar, even scary healing? Where is Jesus' voice bringing forth a rising upon overly familiar mats? You know, it was early November when I first met with that dietitian, which meant that Thanksgiving and Christmas gatherings were just around the corner, what with all of their sugars and hidden calories and fats of every kind. Talk about terrible timing to pick up your mat and walk onto healing. The last line of our passage today 
The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Sabbath is a day of rest, not for work, like a healing. The religious leaders, as we read further in the story, they're incensed by Jesus. It's the wrong time for a healing. It's the Sabbath. Now, we're not going to pack the remainder of where this story goes for now, but, but suffice it to say, the passage makes clear, there is a sense in which it is always a bad time for God's healing. It's bad because we've got all these uh, very good excuses for why it just can't and won't and hasn't ever worked. And it's bad for, 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 for us because, look, it's the Sabbath or it's that time of year. It's, it's, it's this particular life stage we're in. It's, it's this thing that's going on in the job or the church or the family. It's just not the right time for this. There is nothing convenient or easy about the healing gift of Jesus Christ and his waters of grace. He cares not how long we familiarized ourselves with the illnesses of our mats or how troubling his timing seems. His aim is not our comfort, but our healing, our wholeness in all facets of life. And thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that, that, that Jesus doesn't care whether we want it, whether we're ready for it, whether we deserve it, whether we think the timing's good. As with this man who showed very little promise, Jesus' words of healing pour forth to all of us who make our beds upon sacred mats. And in one under utterance comes the demand and the gift of grace. Stand up. Take up your mat and walk. And at once the man was made well. He took up his mat and he began to walk. What mat do you find yourself picking up this morning? And can we trust that on this unknown road of healing... The God who is raising us will also be faithful to carry us. Amen.